Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rufino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Massive show in store for you tonight as we go out to Oxford. And Stephen Willis will join us at 7.30. We'll talk and preview some Ole Miss Rebels and some LSU Tigers. We got a lot of Ole Miss preview and breakdown here tonight. That we will discuss. What do I think that Ole Miss is good at? What do I think that they are not good at? And that LSU needs to attack. We'll talk about that one main area uh, here tonight. And specifically, what I do think that LSU's defense, like, at some point, you're just going to have to stand up and do this. Right? Meaning, like, they have been really bad. I, I shouldn't say really bad. They have had their difficulties running the football if you cannot get after them in the running game then you it could be a long night you cannot allow Lane Kiffin to get his running game back because that opens up so many other things and you know defense quite honestly has some pride to play for this week a lot of people questioning them Matt House's scheme myself included but they have a lot of pride on the line here uh, for this week versus Ole Miss. And I will tell you, for me personally, um, I take this more of a rivalry game than I do Arkansas every year. You know, I, at least if you're in South Louisiana, maybe Northern Louisiana folk too, I um, I got more family members that are Ole Miss fans, you know? Like, this one means a little bit more. The Magnolia Bowl. And, and let's just be real. I, I mean, Ole Miss isn't out of anything. We're too early in the year. I, I see people saying, oh, there's no way Ole Miss, you know. Well, there's also people were, myself included, too, on this one. I, I was wrong in it. Didn't think that Alabama had enough offensive stuff. Green grass quarterbacks that could go out there and beat 
an Ole Miss team that could score some points. Boy, were we wrong. Because I know a lot of you in the chat thought Ole Miss was going to take it as well. Lots to play for on Saturday. Lots and lots to play for on Saturday. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that. Week four recap. Week five preview. Uh, last night we ran too long. And then Joe Burrow was out there struggling. He needed all the purple and gold, the Bayou people, to send that voodoo to Cincinnati. And in the second half, he out. I mean, look, Joe's hurt, man. And even Burrow in 18, I, he didn't play like that. Like, we had some very big issues. It, Joe Burrow was not really one of them. Um, but look, quite honestly... I wanted to talk about week four and preview week five. Didn't get a chance to do it, so we'll talk about that, and then we'll do a Saints recap if we have time. And as we do every Tuesday and Thursday, hashtag Ask Blake. Thoughts, questions, concerns, fire them inside of the Rudy Crew chat. And as we mentioned, Stephen Willis joining us uh, at 7.30. Where is everybody watching us from tonight? It's been a great segment that or great thing in the beginning of the show that we've added. Man, did you know that we had three people in Maine yesterday watching the show? Three from Maine. I, I mean, we're so far deep in the South, I can't even spell it. You know? The only thing I know about Maine is, you know, the attorney, jet, uh, what was it, governor, attorney general in the Netflix series Painkillers. Have y'all seen that? Peter Berg directing. See, see what I mean? This is why this is a rivalry. Look, Drew, West Point, Mississippi. See? Producer, producers, do you see this? See? I told you so. There are a lot of Louisiana people, Louisiana, LSU fans in Mississippi. This one's a little. See? Ocean Springs, close to, close to the Gula, where uh, my family's from. So, yeah, man. Yeah. We got a good show in store tonight. Maine. Uh, Ryan says, Whit Weeks is the defensive version of Sunshine off Remember the Titans. Yeah, apparently that's what the, the, the guy's calling. That's what the guy's calling. Jason Brumfield says, Whit Weeks looks like a wrestler from the 90s. If Whit Weeks was a wrestler, what, was it, what, what would his name be? What would his name be? Got a little Shawn Michaels going. Sweet chin music. Uh, Jason Wilson says Memphis, Tennessee, into house. I like it. Tennessee's got a big matchup this week. Tennessee's got a big matchup this week. I don't care what anybody says. Look, people think because of the number Spencer Rattler hadn't been going off, shit. <laughs> shit. Y'all better put some respect on Rattler's name. That orange, that orange head, orange head kid. I mean, is there any quarterback in the country that looks exactly like the mascot that he plays for? That's Spencer Rattler. Man looks like a rooster. Cockle doodle doo. <laughs> I have a feeling that this one's going to be a, a good one tonight. J Rod says he's out there in Houston. Out there in the H-Town. DeRitter is in the house. Look, Steven's in the house. Locked on LSU. Or locked. Uh, see, 
I knew that was going to happen. I told the guys in pre-production, I said, I'm going to say locked on LSU like six times. Locked on Ole Miss. This is the game I most want to win even over the Egg Bowl. See? They want this one. And look, you faced a wounded dog last week or hog. You know, you faced a wounded hog last week. Now you're facing an, a wounded, what feels to be wounded, Ole Miss team. By the way, three weeks ago, you were there too. <laughs> three weeks ago, you were there too. Don't take them lightly, man. So look, we got a lot to discuss. Some things that LSU is going to have to, without a shadow of a doubt, take care of, preferably that front seven. I, you know, we do our film breakdowns of the opposing team on Tuesdays. I think safety play has been a big issue for Ole Miss. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, just things that they do really well that they're going to probably capitalize on you. Is Trey Harris going to play? We'll talk. We'll ask Steven that uh, at 7.30. But before we do that, you know what time it is. Oh, I'll get to this one. I'll get to this one. Paul's up, Martin. Our trusted Paul's up. Says, cannot trust South Carolina and Knoxville. There are only three wins there. There only three wins there came against sucky Tennessee squads. This team has a pulse, a hungry and hungry for revenge. Yeah, especially after last year. Especially after last year. Uh, no cap. Uh, Kylan is hurt. Kylan Jackson's hurt. He's not playing. The kid from Zachary. So, yeah, man, got a lot to get into. All right, you don't want to sit here listening to me chomping on ice. I told you, man, we got the new Sonic Ice Ice Maker in the studio. I can't help myself. I cannot help myself. I'm sitting here chewing ice. Hot ice. You heat up the ice cubes. It's the best of both worlds. Name that movie. Y'all name that movie. Let the big dog eat. <laughs> Gary Busey played in that film. Oh, Gary Busey. Oh, Blaze, Mont Bellevue, Texas. I like it. I like it a lot. I like that shirt that Blaze is wearing there. Look at that shirt. If way down yonder in the Chattahoochee had a t-shirt had a had a button down, it'd be that one right there. <laughs> yes, Brandon Reese. Thank you. Rookie of the year. That's correct. That is correct. All right. I said it like six times. We really do got to get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. So listen, I told you last week, and we're happy to say it again, 1.5 million views on Facebook. Thank you so much of the live shows. You guys have been killing it. Do us a favor. Now, June helped out that a lot because LSU won a national title in baseball. That was ridiculous. You remember every single night, 14 straight nights, we did postgame shows. I did not sleep for two weeks. It was well worth it because Jay Johnson got the natty. All you in Facebook, continue to help us there. Hit the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. You're watching us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, notification bell, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Fubo TV on the Believe Network, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's talk about our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons, our good friends over at Bet Online. 
AG. Don't go anywhere. We break down Ole Miss next. What does LSU have to do to do to win back-to-back road games? You can really start gaining some momentum if you attack this one area. We talk about it next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. We're back! <laughs> Let me just say this, because speaking of Texas, I don't know if you guys saw this viral clip that's going around um, from Quinn Ewers talking about Jesus. Um, there's an old media member that used to cover LSU that somehow, some way, there got there was a you know, the Jewish faith and the Christian Christianity faith were going back and forth. If a guy wants to use his platform to talk about whatever religion he wants to talk about, shut up and let him do it. And don't make it about yourself. Thank you. We do not talk about politics and religion on the show. We're almost 800 episodes in. You know this. But when things from the outside world start affecting what I love the most, not named Megan Rafino, Ben Rafino, and Jewel Rafino, then and only then will we bring it in here. But it's not what you're here to talk about. No, 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 no. You're not here to hit the like and share. You're not here to subscribe, which, by the way, Rafino and Joe Show, if you hadn't gone and checked it out, go do it. Yesterday, I, I sent out a tweet in reference to the film breakdown that me and, the, me and the team did and what we saw. Now, we watched Tulane, I thought was a good one. We watched Georgia Tech, and we watched, obviously, Alabama more closely because it's a more recent game. Injuries, how guys are doing things, et cetera. Because I do think that LSU just has more talent than Tulane. <laughs> you know, I'm just throwing that out there. This defense for LSU within the last couple of days, really pretty much since Florida State has been taking a lot of heat, somewhat rightfully so. The defensive back room has had their struggles. The front seven has not has been able to get pressure, but not able to get home completely. But here is the question 
that I will pose for you tonight. Is there another quarterback that is as good as KJ and Travis Hunter? Well, I do think that Jackson Dart wants to redeem himself from last week against Alabama. But can this defense for LSU finally stand up? You had your issues a year ago, Tennessee, A&M, Georgia, where, yeah, you fought hard, but you couldn't get over that hump. It's time to find it because you're able to get home with the front. I mean, guys, they were getting to KJ last week and just couldn't get him down. That is a positive. But I do think that LSU is going to have to revert a lot back to defensively to what they did a year ago. Now, you can't run the same stuff. Lane is too – I don't care what happened last week. Lane is too smart that if you start running the same stuff that you ran on him last year, he's going to pick you apart and eat you alive. He's going to hit pop passes all over the place. It's going to look like he, you know, he's Dr. Pimple Popper popping one all over the place. Do not be simple like you have been. Don't be predictable like you have been. This front seven's got to get after it. Now, I don't know the availability of Omar Spates. I don't really even know if you take out the freshman in Whit Weeks, who, by the way, was, you know, so lowly recruited. He got re-ranked there at the very end. But a highly unrecruited linebacker out of the state of Georgia comes over with his brother to LSU and as a freshman starting. Now, we've had a lot of really talented linebackers that have been here. Devin White showed as a freshman that he could do some things. There's been so many that have shown Jacob Phillips was is probably the most non-talked about LSU Tiger that I can think of at the current moment. But this front seven, Mason Smith, Jordan Jefferson, Makai Wingo, Savion Jones, Alto Harold Perkins, Swenson, and Agofu in there. You got to get after this O-line. They have shown, at least within the first couple of weeks, that you can get after them. The running game has, for whatever reason, I don't know if that's a banged-up Quinson Jukins. You know, I, I don't really – I can't put my thumb on it because when we're sitting there watching film, it's not as – like there's a collective unit or bad. It's usually just one little chink in the armor that if they got fixed, that running game would probably get some things going. You know, I, I, I see one guy pulling and then – you know, Lane talking to him on the sidelines, like, what are you doing? And just small little miscues. But the one thing that I challenge this D, I'm not going to call anybody out anymore. That's what the post games are for. I challenge this defense to step up. I challenge this front seven. The DB room is going to be, it's going to be what it's going to be at the current moment until you can figure something out back there. You don't want to continue to come into the show every single night, me walking in here and said, it's the DB room's fault. Hell no. Go out there as a defense, get in with, get, go to your front seven and say, we need you this week, big guys. This team has struggled at running again, at running the football so far this year. Now, if Lane does find a way to get it going, I do think LSU could be in for a very long night. I really do. 
But there comes a point where you look at this team in the face and you ask them the simple question. It's about pride at this point. It's about pride at this point. I don't disagree with Brian Kelly when he mentions doing the simple things better. There's no excuse for this defensive line to not be penetrating and to not be getting into their gaps every single play. There's none. Let me tell you why. Because some of these guys played under Orgeron. Some of these guys have played under good defensive line coaches. Jamar Kane. You not hitting your gaps and doing your assignments is on nobody but yourself. Nobody but yourself. We can say whatever we want about Orgeron, and it's it's funny that we talk about him on this week, isn't it? The last time we brought up Ed Orgeron, he was engaged and on the beach somewhere. Oh, no, no, I lied. It was last week. Go Roback. <laughs> Go Roback. I bought me a Roback shirt. I don't care. Y'all can hate me for it. I still like Ed as a human being. Go Roback. This is not a paid promotion. It's time for that D-line to step it up. Say that I'm calling him out. Do whatever you want to say. I don't care. The bottom line is, is if you want to walk out of Oxford, like I said last week, guys, we didn't lie to you last week. What did we say? What was the number one thing that we said in the keys to victory? All week we talked about it. You're going to need that front four to get after KJ. Because if you don't verbatim a week ago, today, a week ago, I said they will come into Death Valley and put up 31 on you. Did I lie to you? That's exactly what they did. This week, you got to go out at the assignments, at the talent, at everything. Go out there and knock somebody's freaking helmet off. Because this passive bullshit is not going to work. We're going to sit on our heels. Go out there like you did against State. Guys, you got Major Burns coming on a blitz, knocking someone's outright block off. Everybody nitpicking about the offense. Fourth and first downs. Fifth and third down efficiency. Tenth, tenth passing offense in the country. The seventh best total offense in the country. 36 in total rushing yards. <laughs> they Can LSU's offense get better? Sure. They're scoring 43 points a game. You got to go take it to Lane Kiffin. You got to go take it to this team. Because they are like you were personally, after Florida State. Like exactly what Arkansas was a week ago today. A wounded dog. And no, I'm not talking about Juice Kip, Juice Kiffin. They are a dog that's in a corner. And you as a brand, you as a team, need to go up to, up to Oxford and take it to them. You miss an assignment here or there? Okay. But if you're going, I, I need to see a little bit more energy. 
for four quarters. Personnel-wise, you got to take it to them. If they can't run the ball, if Jackson Dart and this Ole Miss offense cannot find a way to run the ball for L- uh, on LSU, they're gonna meet. They're gonna meet, in my opinion, a lot of the same things that they met with or were were met with against Ole Miss. Now, I don't. I, I mean, against Alabama. Excuse me. I don't know that if LSU blocked a punt and got it on the one yard, I feel pretty confident that they're going to be able to punch that one in. You know, like there are some things that Ole Miss has to fix defensively. One of those is that, that's, you know, <laughs> look, I, I when we were watching it today, and the producers can attest to this, when I watched safety play for Ole Miss, sometimes on the film, you could not find them with a search, with a search warrant. You couldn't. Missed assignments, blown assignments. It's just like head scratching. Like, look, man, you you're in man to man. Like, what are you what are you doing? LSU's got to attack the middle of the field. Basically, offensively, you got to just continue to do what you're doing. There's nothing I can say that's going to come out here. Now, one thing that I do think that you can do against Ole Miss that Alabama had a lot of success on last week you got to be able to run the football on these guys too. And I do think that LSU is a better team running the football. They got the better offensive line in Alabama, definitely have the better offensive line than Tulane. And there were times in both of those games, specifically in the second half, that I thought, okay, well, it's Ole Miss getting a little tight here. Now, the defense did clamp out, clamp down against Tulane. But here's another thing that I don't think anybody is mentioning. Tulane with the backup quarterback gave Ole Miss a game. Now, you got to go and say, look, man, you, you heard those people in New Orleans saying, well, Tulane's the best team in the state. Get, get out of here. Like, close the door and get out of here. Offensively, you got to attack the middle of the field. Running the ball at an effective rate gets those safeties down. LSU, Jane Daniels is the number one player in the country when it comes to accuracy at balls 20 yards in the air or further, he's number one. He's hitting at an 87% clip. <laughs> You're going to have to continue to give him those shots, and he's got to be willing to take them. The The interception last week that Dwight McLaughlin got, I talked to some people on that. It seemed like, you know, when Dwight was on LSU's sideline, he might have heard some things that he had heard in the past and was able to jump that route. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about the interception Jaden had. I'm glad he threw it. I'm glad he refocused and came out there and kicked ass. One other thing before we get to a couple comments and then we'll get to Steven. One final thing. For whatever reason... I have seen a lot of people in the media over the last 24 hours questioning Brian Kelly in reference to his fourth down clock management. Now, I've heard people tell me that he should have taken a couple of knees. That, you know, maybe we shouldn't have scored there. Guys, you're tied. You got to go score. Let let, let me just, just so everybody knows, 
you were tied. Whether it comes down to you're able to milk the clock all the way down to eight seconds or you're able to get in with a touchdown with 30 seconds left in the game, you still have to score. So what what are you talking about? Oh, don't run the football. Take it. This was less miles type of clock management. Guys, I will battle with anybody on this beat. Anybody in the comments, if you want to debate it, I'm as Dion would say, I ain't hard to find. This game, meaning against Ole Miss, we saw a dude that eats grass with horrible clock management. Horrendous, historically bad clock management. Auburn, remember Demetrius Bird? There should be a statue at Death Valley for Demetrius Bird just because of Auburn for what the absolute hell that Les Miles did on that night for them to win. No question about it. I was there, by the way. I was in that stadium when that happened. And I had never yelled at a coach more in my life for then the following play to work. (laughs) Brian Kelly is pretty freaking good at his job, man. Clock management issues there at the end is not an issue. If you want to have a take, here's one for you. The defense has not looked good. Go try to figure that out. And if you can't, call 1-800-SAVE-A-HO. Maybe they can find it out for you. All right, we got Stephen Willis from Locked On Ole Miss. Looking forward to this segment. Got a lot to discuss, man. Two three-in-one teams, the Magnolia Bowl. Kiffin taking a lot of criticism because some things that happened offensively. LSU DB room is not looking too good. Defense as a whole, we got a lot to discuss. We'll do that with him next. Let's talk about our good friends, our good friend Tyler Alexander over at EXP Realty. And our good friend Carol Falls over at State Farm. Don't go anywhere. Stephen Willis was with us. Locked on Ole Miss next. He will sell your house and find you a new well, Tyler's the man, he's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler, he'll shoot you straight. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with the great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. We're back! Locked on Ole Miss. 
Now, Steven, I got to admit, I said locked on LSU like 17 times in pre-production. And I knew I was going to say it, but I didn't there. Locked on Ole Miss. Steven Willis is with us. What's up, man? How are we doing? Pretty good, man. I'm glad to be on the show. And besides, Caroline Fenton does a fantastic job. And if she anybody does. wants to check out at Locked on LSU, do that as well. She does. I love your – I got to tell you this before we get rolling, dude. I love your setup. I just – it is amazing. I think you do a great job. I was listening to you um, right before the show. The, uh, me and the team were sitting here listening to you. Look, I want to start here first because I think we agreed on one thing before pre-production – defensively for Ole Miss safety play has been a big question mark what's going on there is that I mean like it just seems like it's been a really big issue for the Rebs so far see a big problem that Ole Miss has had with Pete Golding is they recruited a ton of personnel for what Chris Parchers did and what DJ Durkin did and they got some players in the transfer portal like what LSU is doing in the secondary at the moment but they couldn't get enough players. So some of those players are a little bit clunky fit. And, you know, Aishim Young, he's more of a box safety. He's having to play a little bit back. Um, and you lost A.J. Finley. And A.J. Finley was a sneaky big-time player for that defense, even in that partridge system. But I definitely agree with you. The safety position is probably the weak point of that defense. Now, one of the strong suits of that de defense is Suntary and Perkins. And, <laughs> Two Perkins and number four. How about that? Yeah. In this game. And, and he has a little bit of Harold Perkins, honestly, going through. He had two sacks against Alabama, two and a half tackles for loss. True freshman. He basically kicked off and did everything for Raleigh, Mississippi in a state championship game. He's a really good football player, and I'm not convinced he has ever stepped on a football field when he wasn't the best player on it. Let's go to last week because a lot's been made of the Ole Miss game versus Alabama. That first couple of drives, I know you punted on the first one, but then the drive where it ended with Dart in the QB draw, I was like, oh, hell, here comes Ole Miss. Like, they ain't going to stop it. What do you – I know this is such a loaded question, but what went wrong for them offensively? Well, first of all, Lane Kiffin is one of the best script writers in college football. <laughs> the first 10 to 15 plays is going to be better than you're going to see pretty much anywhere else. But after that, they just couldn't get a feel of what Alabama was doing. And what Alabama was doing was beating the crap out of them up front and going man to man. That And whenever you have a situation where Trey Harris was injured, he couldn't play, or he played two or three snaps, but he couldn't really go. Zachary Franklin, his first game back from surgery, Rusty. Caden Priestcorn, first game back after surgery. All of them came back. So, And then you have Quinshawn, who is not 100% and hasn't been 100%. Yeah, he does not look it either. Uh, and you have a situation where Charlie Weiss Jr. and Lane Kiffin just couldn't get a feel for the game. And I do honestly think that Alabama and Nick Saban is in Lane Kiffin's head, uh, more so than any other school in the conference. And you mix all that together, and the second quarter happened where you didn't run the ball one time. You had three three-and-outs throwing the ball with about a total of a minute of time of possession. Pete Golding's defense played fantastic, had them in the game ready to go, but they just wore down over time. Right. Uh, and that, that second quarter was almost malpractice. Yeah, and Jace McClellan, I mean, in that second half, specifically, Stephen, Midway through that third, he really started finding it, right? Like, he really started finding that running game. 
So I, I said that this team was a lot like a like how LSU was after week one. A lot of people writing them off. Really a lot like Arkansas was last week. A lot of people writing them off after a loss to BYU. I feel the same kind of ways, man, about Ole Miss. You know, is Trey Harris going to be able to come back? Is this is Juckins going to be 100%? Like, how do you feel going into to this game this week in reference to after what happened last week? Honestly, I feel better this week than I did last week. I picked Alabama to win the game last week. It was one of those situations against Alabama. You threw the interception, Alabama scored the big play touchdown, and the quarterback got rocked, and it was like by the power of Grayskull, like old He-Man. <laughs> and, and Alabama just woke up, and at that point over, it's like, okay, there's Alabama. We let that happen. And and it, it was a weird situation. But, you know, talking about – this week against LSU, and th this is my key, and I heard you talking about LSU's front seven. Ole Miss has to earn the right to throw against that secondary. I agree. You do that by running the football. You need to mix up zone schemes, zaps, um, gap schemes, and you need to get back to play. And honestly, old man football, and if you have a little bit of success doing that, you get the right to throw against that secondary. Because I can tell you what, right now, and I will say this in front of your fans and everybody else, if it's third and 12, if it is second and 10, and that happens consistently, LSU's uh, rush men are going to get home. You cannot win in that situation. You can't. And it seems like a lot of this offense for Lane is predicated off of the run and play action and motion and getting those safeties to bite on things. And they just weren't – Lane, they weren't biting on anything. And the question that I have for you, is Trey Harris going to be ready to go, do you think? Yeah, if Trey Harris got on the field against Alabama, he's going to play against LSU. I don't know if um, um, Hungry Dogs could keep Trey Harris on the field against <laughs> LSU. Well, look, uh, I, I said this, Stephen. So about three years ago, three and a half years ago, I, I let it well known, and it kind of got me my, my credential pulled. I wanted LSU to go after Trey Harris bad, okay, and was begging some of the old staff, and they said no. Well, welcome – to 2023 brother if he plays and he can get loose lsu might have an issue if you have a situation with zakari franklin on the other side with a healthy trey harris and get loose lsu's got a problem on the back end i agree like i said you have to earn the right to be able to try and victimize that secondary secondary and i'm not a hundred percent sure that Ole miss can do that because this is the problem that lane kiffin had against alabama and has had throughout this season they've gotten too cute with their play calling they're doing second and third level rpos which take long to get going to diagnose mm -hmm. well the problem is when you play against an alabama when you play against an lsu when you play against a georgia you're not going to have three seconds to make that read you need something quicker and i think pop passes i think um bubbles i think hitches i think slants that's where Ole miss is going to make their money against LSU and then it's going to open up the deeper stuff and if Ole Miss does this they have a chance to do really well like I wouldn't be surprised to see Ole Miss win the game by double digits if that happens but if it doesn't and LSU is able to clamp down on the run and make it to where third and long and all that happens LSU's going to win this game in a boat race see and even then I, I stress Steven if you if Ole Miss is in a third and long day I don't know if LSU can stop them there either you know, I mean, yeah. they're they're in the 90s. They're 99th overall in third down conversion rate. 
Well, they're going to line um, Harold Perkins up on Micah Pettis. And Michael, Micah Pettis is a 360-pound right tackle. And Harold Perkins is going to go right around him. Do you think that that is a massive – like, how big is that – I don't want to say mismatch, but, I mean I, – I think I think that is a matchup to watch if you're an LSU fan. Um, Micah Pettis, is, he holds also. So that can be drive killers as well. So you, LSU doesn't necessarily have to get home. They just have to win. Uh, and they're probably going to draw a couple of flags. Um, but if you can stay ahead of the chains and not be afraid to go second and six, third and two, and do that over and over again, I don't I don't know if LSU is going to be able to um, stop them, honestly. You know who I'm kind of sneaky scared about for this game that nobody's talking about is the Bentley kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How, how's, your, how's your kickoff, man? Not that – I mean, well – he has got a, pretty much a touchback every time. Okay. But when he hadn't, Mississippi State, <laughs> and hadn't looked completely great. Yeah. The problem with Bentley is um, he used a, lot, used a lot on special teams. They did use him against Georgia Tech, but they didn't use him that much against Alabama. I, which I didn't get. I don't get, I don't get that. I, 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 I'm telling you, that was a weird game, man. That was a really weird game. And, I, I mean, I don't know if Kiffin – like I said, Alabama, I think, is just in Kiffin's head. I mean, the Bentley kid was the one on the wheel route in the fourth and 24, and the, you got the conversion. I'm like, say, bro, if there ain't nobody that's going get, to get you yardage, the Wade kid and Bentley, don't take them off the – I know that you got Judkins. I, I get it. But – Right now, give the ball to 24. That's all I kept thinking. Give it to him. See what he can do. Steven, uh, Steven Willis from Locked on Ole Miss Podcast. How do you see this game playing out early for LSU offensively that's had some slow starts? I mean, look, they've really been good this year. They're in the top 10 on all, every offensive metric. How do you think that they're able to start off and, and, and go against this Ole Miss defense? I think LSU is the best offense that um, Ole Miss is going to play this year honestly i i honestly i thought Jaden daniels would um struggle in his second year for whatever reason i thought maybe the end of the year was a flash in the pan and boy was i wrong the guy's been absolutely electric and then you have malik neighbors who is just another lsu first round wide receiver um sitting on the outside but if you take those two players away you where's the production so you have to figure out a way to lock up neighbors and nobody's been able to do that Right. I mean, I mean, nobody. But if you can do that, literally half of the passing production is Daniels to neighbors, <laughs> if not more. Yeah, and 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 I think Golding is going to figure out a way to try and bracket that. Try to keep neighbors do a lot of inside leverage type stuff to force him outside to keep him out of the middle of the field because I think at corner we're pretty good. Um, at safety, it's a little bit of a struggle. So if it's happening outside the hash marks, Ole Miss probably feels better than if it happened inside the hash marks, if that makes sense. What if – so they've been moving him a lot in the slot. Do you think that LSU should utilize him there if they're going to yeah. attack? Yeah, yeah. Now, um, Ole Miss is, like I said, their third corner. All of their defensive backfield on the outside um, were converted corners. Mm -hmm. So all of them can cover. The problem is in that – that strong safety position and Trey Washington, he's made plays for Ole Miss this season. Um, but he still isn't AJ Finley. Mm -hmm. And those two positions are interesting. 
it'll it'll be really cool to see if Ole Miss can figure out a way to line up Santarian Perkins on the left side, force Jaden Daniels to scramble to his left, and maybe you can try and cut down half the field and maybe cut him away from Malik Neighbors and right. cut him off that way. Because I do think that they are going to use Santarian Perkins the way that LSU used Harold Perkins last year. Yeah, Lane said, I think, in the press conference about moving Perkins back to uh, inside linebacker. He goes, well, I went and got my own Perkins, is what he said. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And, look, Lane's going to say at least one good thing about the opposing team every single press conference. Um, let me ask you this, though. <laughs> look, I, I'm not on boards, you know, message boards. It's just not me. I'm, I'm not going to go look. But uh, message board genius – they're really good friends of ours. And, you know, I just I, – I go and look. A lot of people are a little upset with Kiffin. I, am I taking that the wrong way? or is, is there some – you know, is the honeymoon phase over? The honeymoon phase ended whenever the Ar Auburn stuff happened last year. Uh-huh, so right. Kif, so Kiffin is um, having to deal with a little bit of blowback when he wouldn't – it's kind of self-inflicted. There's a, there's a segment of the fan base that there's nothing he's going to do. He's going to get more than he's expected. And plus, Kiffin is a little bit of a Twitter troll. There's a little bit of a piper to pay um, whenever you do something like that. And like Nick Saban talking about, hey, Mississippi State's going to be a tougher challenge in Ole Miss. That's directly for Lane Kiffin. 1,000%. 1,000%. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That was actually, I, I can't be real with you. I didn't uh, think that that was coming. I actually I, like so because we do the you know our national show and we stopped it. We're in pre-production and we hear that. And me and my buddy, you know, my co-host Joe, we look at each other like, "What did he just say?" <laughs> you know, like old Nick with a little shot to old Kevin. That I feel like that's a little friendly banter though, because you don't see Saban doing stuff like that. Am I? I mean, I didn't take it as as big as some people, I guess, took it. Uh, like last week and everything that Kiffin was saying. Yeah, I, I, I think it's friendly. I don't think it's necessarily malicious, but um, Saban's drones, Paul Feinbaum was all over this as well. Right. I mean, it's so Saban doesn't have to be malicious with it because he's got people that will carry his water for him. <laughs> no question. A uh, couple more, I'll, I'll get you out of here. Man, you've, you're fantastic. You, you know how much success that you guys had. You know I love having you on here. What um, in reference to Lane, it, if God forbid he were to lose on Saturday, would the would the would it really be bad for him? Does he need to get a big win, or has he gotten one? And you know, having the ten win season, does that carry more weight too? I I I think he needs to win. Lane needs this game. He just needs it to shut people up. Right. And there's nothing real that's happening. And I mean, it's all just noise at this point. But it still is there. And and if it happens again where LSU wins the game, the noise is going to get a little bit louder. Mm -hmm. And if Ole Miss lost the game to Arkansas the week after that, the noise would get a little bit louder. But Lane Kiffin makes $9 million a year. He's the first year of a six-year contract. Right. Ole Miss has a Jimbo-level contract. Ole Miss can't buy him out. There's, no, there's nothing that can be done. So um, Lane does need to win, but that's only just because he – just to quiet the noise. Right. I mean, he's in no trouble. I mean, yeah, no. he's in no trouble. And you got to let him, you got to let, I just, tell me if I'm wrong here. I feel like at Ole Miss, you got to let him build a little bit longer than maybe somewhere else. 
Am I wrong there? Because I think that he can build. I mean, with Pete, look, I, 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 people in here don't agree with me on this in recruiting. I know what Pete's doing in Louisiana in recruiting, and he's going to get some of them kids. Ole Miss has the best roster they've had in my lifetime as far as talented players. It, it, it just doesn't even uh, – you, you look at it in their quarterback room, they've got Austin Simmons, who would be a top 50 player as a fourth-string quarterback. Walker Howard is the third-string quarterback. You guys know about him. Spencer Sanders was a four-year starter and a former Big 12 freshman of the year. He's the backup quarterback. And Jackson Dart was a former Gatorade National Player of the Year. That, I mean, that's just an example. And he, Lane has done similar to that in most every position. The question, mm -hmm. what he needs to do is get that win because the noise of him not able to win the big one, all of a sudden people are starting to chirp that. And the longer that goes on, the louder it's going to be. And honestly, if Ole Miss can get a win Saturday night, all of that would stop because obviously this is a this would be a big win. I wasn't going to ask you until you brought up Walker Howard. How has old old little uh, little Walker looked? Because you know, Good. I think there's some LSU fans a little bitter about that one. You know, <laughs> they don't like it too much. He 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 looked he looked amazing in the spring game. Yeah, he looked. And good. honestly, um. We talk people all the time is like, hey, maybe bringing Spencer Sanders in was a mistake because the kids look that good. And, um, you know, we, we have to see maybe maybe Lane Kiffin has something up his sleeve with Spencer Sanders for Saturday night. I think that is an absolute possibility. But Walker Howard, if something happened to Jackson Dart, let's say Jackson Dart got injured, God forbid. Everybody in the fan base would want Walker Howard to go in and play quarterback instead of Sanders instead of Sanders. Boy, talk about speaking something into existence. Don't do it to me. Yeah. Give me, let me, let me get to next year so I can build about half the go against Walker Howard. Yeah, yeah. and next year's the twenty twenty four first year of the playoff, the twelve team playoff. Ole Miss right. has a legit chance to be good enough to get into that and play the biggest game in the history of Ole Miss. Walker Howard is likely going to be the guy calling signals that year. Ole Miss fans realize that hey, reps are good in this situation. So if Ole Miss loses another couple of games, you're going to see the call for Walker grow in the Ole Miss fan base. Very interesting. Very interesting. What's your favorite LSU? Uh, by the way, okay, guys, yes, I I don't know if you've seen some of the comments, but I got two in the text line. Your Stewart's Cajun Dill Pickles thing on your mic here. Do you want to explain? Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell the people what that is? Stewart's Cajun Dill Pickle sponsors my show. Um, they are a dill pickle company on the Mississippi <laughs> Gulf Coast. And in Louisiana, you can um, get their stuff on the pickledstore.com, a jar of it. It's basically Cajun spice. It's really good. It's got dill flavor. Um, Justin and those guys do a fantastic job. And I am happy to advertise for them because they are a true small business. And that makes me happy that they, they took their opportunity to spend their money on, on what I was doing. Um, so, yes, I, I put it on the most valuable thing um, <laughs> that I have. Absolutely. No question. What's your favorite LSU Ole Miss uh, memory? Well, uh, there's a couple of them. Um, I'm going to go back to whenever I was a kid. I remember Timmy Moffitt um, taking a, a punt back in 83. Yeah. And then getting showered by liquor bottles because I was in the LSU <laughs> section. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I remember David Brown Dykes missed field goal in 86. 
Um, you go into the 90s whenever Ole Miss ran for like 400 yards in Tiger Stadium with Deuce McAllister. Yeah, that was and my first – Stephen, that was the first LSU game I'd ever been to. Really? Yeah, was when Deuce went loose. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. And then 2015 with Les Miles and his clock management, whenever you brought that up. Yeah, thank you all very much. Well, who was it? McCluster got the fa- the got the outside zone uh, through oh, the, the touchdown. The halfback pass. The yes. halfback pass. Shay Hodge, I think. Maybe. Right. You know the 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 one that lives. Speaking of that, the one that lives in my memory, just because you know you talk the Ole Miss side, like the LSU side, was when when Eli uh, got stepped on, and then LSU would go to win the Natty. Like, and then now. Uh, Saban, remember, I'm sure you saw this, but when Eli did the, the, uh, uh, Eli's places or whatever it's called, or, and he went and talked to Saban and Saban said it was the best stomp foot in America that day (laughs) is when you went down. So like this game has had some really, really good history. I hope it happens again. And, you know, obviously I want LSU, you want Ole Miss, but hopefully it's still a a really good game. Yeah. And I, and I, uh, Honestly, football, I'm from South Mississippi. If I was not an Ole Miss fan, if I was not born into it to where I didn't have a choice to do it, I guarantee you I would have been an LSU fan. I was on Ed Orgeron's staff at Ole Miss. I mean, there's there's ties. Oh, um, I did not know this. Were you really? Yeah, I was the video coordinator at Ole Miss. Um, I, I worked for a year under Brandon Fairburn, who came from LSU to Ole yeah. Miss. Yeah. What was and, it like and, walking in the building every day with Ed? Uh Honestly, it was like walking on eggshells if you work for the man. Really? Yeah, yeah. Why, um, can you expound on that? I don't mean to keep you. Can you expound on that? Yeah, yeah okay. Um, this was my first year working in there, and we were having summer camps. Y'all know what that's like. <laughs> and Ed is, Ed's big for summer camps, right. baby. And we're getting ready to do that, and they line up to where our training staff who had just went under um, David Cutcliffe and went to the Ed Orgeron thing. And he had what we called cows, which was basically like coolers with a dolly thing that you could had plastic to come out and you could drink water. Right, 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 right. Well, Ed Orgeron wanted um, water bottles. And um, afterwards he told um, the trainer at Ole Miss that he wanted water bottles. And, and the trainer decided to talk back. Oh, what no. What ensued was about a 55-minute screaming match that was the equivalent of a hairdryer about water bottles now. Water that happened that ended up with the trainer quitting being a trainer at Ole Miss. And this wasn't like a joke. This was the head trainer, (laughs) a legacy trainer at Ole Miss. He just walked away. He's like, nope, I have nothing to do with that. It got so loud, I just got up and left because it just happened over and over again it, it, it was one of those things and it was and he has that homa um louisiana accent that is so hard to understand and he would tell you something and you would just feel bad it's like i'm, I'm about to have to say huh I, I understand i have no idea what he's saying and and, and a lot of that happened but uh, there was there, there were some <laughs> eggshells he liked what he liked and if you didn't um if you didn't do exactly what he wanted, you you heard about it. The Roback commercials are great. I don't know why people are all over him about the Roback commercials. Hmm. I, I I love the Roback commercials. Just throwing that out. Yeah, there. It, it's fun. It, it, it is fun. And 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 you know, Ed Orgeron can be a cartoon character. He can't. He can't. Can that be. that that is his gift. That and recruiting. 
Stephen Willis at the Stephen Willis Locked On Ole Miss podcast, dude. You know you do a fantastic job. Thank you for gracing us and coming on the show tonight. Uh, we'll talk again soon, and uh, thank you so much, bud. Yeah, anytime. Just let me know. All right, man. That's Stephen Willis. Dude was fantastic, man. I, I mean, he his like I listened to. We were listening to his stuff, like I told you in pre-production, and it, it, it's phenomenal, man. If you want to learn more about Ole Miss and what they have going on this week, go listen to him. All right, let's do this. Let's talk about our good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. And let's talk about our good friends. There it is. Steve B. <laughs> and Bayou Bowlingo and Bayou Daiquiris. And we'll recap week four, look into week five. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. I didn't talk about my good guy, Steve Bean. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Bayou Daiquiris at Bayou Bowling Go is owned and operated locally by Steve and Lisa Bean. You can find them at 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington, Louisiana. That's 1512 North Highway 190 in Covington. The North Shore's first crawfish drive-thru is about to step it up another notch by bringing you drive through daiquiris as well. You can call in your order today at 985-888-1914. 985-888-1914. Cause you know what? Daiquiris and crawfish. It's a Louisiana thing. There we go. That's on me. Guys, that was on me. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I know. Producers are on my ass. By the way, on the call this week, meaning one of the people that will be calling the LSU Ole Miss game is Robert Griffin III. What's interesting about that is Jane Daniels is 133 yards, or 134 yards, actually, from surpassing Robert Griffin III for all-time career passing yards in a career in college. Pretty interesting, man. At least I thought it was really interesting. Look, Jaden's taking a lot of criticism. If he were able to get that on Saturday night, which obviously I think he could get it by the first half. Hell, he keeps throwing those ones to Brian Thomas Malik deep. He might get that in the first quarter. Who knows? But it will be interesting. RG3 will be on the call uh, when that happens. So, recapping week four. So, we talked about Ole Miss and Alabama. So, I don't think that with uh, Steven – I don't think that I have to recap that one with you. Look, there were some really good games last week, right? And I thought that it was a little bit of a separation Saturday. Let me start with Notre Dame and Ohio State. And I probably should have talked about this on Monday. 
but I did not want to get petty. But I'm going to be a little petty here at the end of the show. There was a lot of buildup. Ohio State doesn't look good offensively. This is the year with Sam Hartman and Notre Dame that they're going to be looking good than any time that they looked under the tenure of Brian Kelly. And you know what? They lost a game that in the real truth, the real truth, Brian Kelly wouldn't have lost. Now, they said he would have lost by double digits. I call what the new kids, the Gen Zers would call mad cap. But Brian Kelly would have found a way to beat that Ohio State team. He would have. Because you can't convince me that a guy that beat Alabama at home last year couldn't have beaten this Ohio State team this year. Notre Dame is a place and an institution where you can't get guys like Malik Neighbors. Now, they say, well, we have a really good DB room. Okay, I will admit they're not that bad. But offensively, you have not changed the page. You wouldn't go spend money on an offensive coordinator from Utah. And Brian Kelly offensively, even though some people, average breakdown, were saying that Jane Daniels hadn't progressed doesn't he look like a fool now? Doesn't he look like a fool now? Ohio State is not a team defensively that you want to play with right now. They look really good. They have looked really good the entire year. Guys, quite frankly, they're, you want to talk about how good LSU's offense has looked, and they have looked phenomenal. Ohio State defensively is top five in every single category. They look good. Notre Dame, I think, still loses to USC later on in the year. And I do think that they could slip up and lose another one and get themselves back to 9-3. and three. They're not going to lose. They're too good to lose against teams like Navy, and you saw that. They're not going to lose to Marshall this year. Good for them. But the bottom line is they have not turned the page. They have not gotten better. They have maybe pretty much stayed the same. They got a good quarterback, but they didn't utilize him enough, and it wound up beating them into a pulp. Uh, This is an interesting one, Texas A&M and Auburn. Max Johnson, revival game in the fittest. Max Connor Wegman goes down. Insert LSU transfer Max Johnson, and quite honestly, kind of lit it up. You got people over in Aggie country starting asking if they have a quarterback battle, which I don't think that they do. But if Max, who might start the next three to four games for them at minimum, if he can do good this week against Arkansas, if he can look good against Tennessee, they might have a little bit of a quarterback controversy. But I do think that Wagman has the upside there. It's not what I want to talk about. Guys, Auburn looks really, really, really bad offensively. Five straight Power 5 games without a passer over 100 yards. We looked at Mississippi State last week and said to ourselves, well, maybe Mississippi State is the worst team in the SEC considering how LSU just absolutely blew them out. 
This week, they went a little bit more air raid. They let Will Rogers cook. They lost to seven against South Carolina. Spencer Rattler looked good over in Columbia. But the bottom line was Auburn can't throw a ball vertically to save their life if it depended on it. They can run the ball a little bit. Defense isn't half bad. But, man, they cannot throw the ball down the field to save their life. And watching them against A&M, A&M did nothing special, not one thing. But Auburn and Hugh Freeze for this year, and I do think that Hugh is going to be a problem down the line because he's going to get some recruits in there. He's going to find a quarterback that he can get in there, and they're going to be an issue. Don't get that part of it twisted. Don't let his year one, where everything was in shambles, say to you, well, yeah, Hugh's going to be Hugh. Not everybody can do what Brian Kelly did, guys. Not everybody can do it. Think about that for a minute. What Brian Kelly did year year one is kind of unconventional. Well, Alabama was down. LSU had no business beating Alabama last year. Zero. None. But it's you want to talk about getting a transfer quarterback and Peyton Thorne. You think Jane Daniels, you criticize Jane Daniels. Shit. They look bad. Bad. Call them Elvis because that's what their vertical passing game and their passing game in general looks like. One other team that I want to mention, and they got a big game this week against Texas. I got to admit, I like watching the Kansas Jayhawks play, man. I really do. I really, really, really do. Do I think that they can beat Texas this week? No, I do not. But I'm rooting for them. Let's go, Jayhawks. It is interesting. Out in Lawrence, they spent $300 million. $1 million. $300 million. And two, football, not including what they're already doing and renovating. Kansas with Lance Leopold might be the new Nebraska. There's no reason, and I mean Nebraska, eight and four, nine and three. They can't. I don't, you know, I don't think Kansas is going to go to no playoff or nothing. But man, why can't you have if you if you can have that in Kansas with Lance Leopold? Why can't you have that at Nebraska? Lance Leopold's a good coach. They take that. They took down BYU, who played Arkansas, beat Arkansas last week. Maybe BYU wasn't as bad as a team as some led you to believe maybe they're not oh 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 Al, i almost forgot don't let me forget about dion guys come on <laughs> dion's gonna be dion either you like him or you don't either you like him or you don't and a lot of you don't and that's okay. But they're going to get some things figured out out there in Boulder, and they're going to be a good team. Don't let it don't let it forget you. Speaking of that, Cody McGee in a $999 Super Chase says, I know this college show pretty much, but want to say this, not a good weekend for Colorado fans losing to Oregon and, the Sean, and Sean Payton getting blown out. Yeah. Dude, Sean Payton – Thank you so much, Cody, for the super chat. Sean Payton, bro, Sean got 70 hung up on his ass. 
Now, you guys know how I feel about Sean Payton. I, I, look, I think he's a pompous asshole. I really do. But, man, <laughs> two of them boys, A-Chain, Hill, they blistered that ass. 70 points on them. But, yeah, people over there trying to blame Russell Wilson. Y'all get out of here. Kind of do what we're doing. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.